The following program is for men aged 18 and over. This program contains adult content aimed at men who have sex with men. Listener discretion is strongly advised. The Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pilar Project. Hi there, and welcome to the Steam Room. If you are a man who has sex with other men, then you are in the right place. If the subject offends you or does not interest you well, then it might be time to switch off. If, however, you're a guy who loves getting it on with another guy, then listen a bit closer. Because in this series of programs, we talk about man-on-man sex in all its forms and how to keep healthy in the process. So, hi there. It's me again. You remember me? Oh, come on. Well, I guess I should be used to it by now. You seriously don't remember my name? Okay, well, then perhaps it's time to reintroduce myself. My name is Max. That's right, Max, which is definitely not my real name. I mean, that's what the steam room is all about. This is a safe space where we all wear masks so that we can talk about anything and everything. And tonight, we're talking about something which in some circles is taboo, while in some, well, it's the status quo. Tonight, our topic is, ta-da, smoking. Yes, smoking, the puffing of that sucker in your hand, the nicotine-laced solace that keeps you going when you need a break from the humdrum of the day. But as we all know, it has its downfalls, and that's what we're discussing on the steam room tonight. So if you damage a blood vessel, you damage the people. It's as simple as that. So you're going to harden the arteries and go to the feelings. You're going to cause blockages of the arteries. When I'm in connection with smokers, then I can actually feel quite dirty. Okay, for me, I don't smoke, but I don't hate guys who smoke. I feel that taste in their mouth. I feel that smell in their mouth. And I enjoy it, especially for the guys who smoke good. So, I hope you're ready to get steamy with me and join us here in the steam room tonight as we turn off the heat and really get things going. Are you ready? I know I am. So, here we go. Seeing as this is a habit that so many share, we thought we'd take to the streets to find out what these men had to say. What is your opinion of cigarette smoking? It's obviously not for everyone, but I mean, it's like... Being a gay person, if you want to do it, do it. Just don't shove it in people's faces. I used to be a smoker, and it's been six years now, and it was the most amazing thing just to stop smoking. And my answer is stop smoking, and I'm, I don't like it at all. Um, well, I really do not have an opinion about cigarette smoking because I feel like every individual is entitled to do what they feel comfortable with their bodies um, you we are all grown enough and we are all responsible enough to acknowledge and know what we're doing so if it is a stress releaser for you or if it helps you to relax in any form then and you're okay with it and you can handle the consequences that come with it then I really do not have a problem with it do you smoke I do yes Yes, I do smoke occasionally um, when I am out drinking with company or when I have a lot of 
things on my mind and I want to relax, I do. What do you think are the health risks of smoking? One word, cancer. The obvious health risks of smoking, you could develop diseases like uh, cancer, t- uh, can lead to TB, what's the other one? The emphysema, and also it could affect your sinuses. Well, I mean, we pretty much know the health risks of smoking, which is lung cancer and um, asthma or shortage of breath or anything that has to do with like cardio so yeah we 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 quite aware of the consequences do you think smokers should have laws controlling their smoking absolutely um it's just amazing that people less smoking in restaurants or in public places it's great. It's fantastic. I, I agree 100%. There should be laws co- controlling smoking because not everybody who doesn't smoke doesn't have an issue with it. Some people, obviously, to protect their children, would prefer not to be around smokers and things like that. Um, I think we already do have laws that are implemented to control smokers in public environments, um, which might be harmful to people who are non-smokers and pregnant people and all of that stuff. So we do have laws that we have to abide to as smokers in the public space, that is. And what do you think of people that smoke? Uh, People that could be more, they should actually be more aware of what they're doing, like when they're smoking in the car, flicking cigarette butts out the window, causes fires, where they dispose of their cigarette butts. They shouldn't just leave them lying around because it looks disgusting. I don't have a problem with smokers, but I can, when I'm in connection with smokers, then I can actually feel quite dirty and I, I, it, it's very smelly. And that's why I rather just, I don't, there's nothing wrong about it, but I don't prefer all to be near smokers. I don't know. I, I believe it's their choice, but uh, uh, what I know is I wouldn't date a person who smokes. Uh, I don't like the smell. So, there you have it. That's the word on the street when it comes to smoking. What men who have sex with men think about the subject. So, now I'm left wondering, what does this topic mean to you? So, how about you let me know? Drop me a message on social media with your opinions. Just search at Gay Essay Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and get in touch using the hashtag Steamroom. Gay Essay Radio where you are family. You're listening to The Steam Room, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's PILA project. I'm your host, Max, and tonight we're talking smoking and why it's probably a good idea that you put the fag in your hand out right now. So, you may already have your interest piqued by our topic tonight. But if you feel that you need a little bit more clarity on the subject, I'm pleased to say that I'm joined now by Dr. Ezio Baraldi, who will talk about the effects that smoking can have on your sexual health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Baraldi. What are the negative side effects to cigarette smoke? All of them, really. Uh, <laughs> there isn't any really uh, a good um, uh, um, effect to cigarette smoking. Um, so basically, you are damaging the lungs because there's deposition of tar in the lungs, which in the long term causes lung problems. In the immediate effect, the, uh, the negative effect is caused by the nicotine which you absorb. The nicotine is a vasoconstrictor, so it closes, it makes blood vessels shrink. So what happens then is the pressure goes up within the blood vessels. So you'll end up with higher blood pressure 
and we all know what are the problems with high blood pressure, strokes, and all sorts of things that can happen, as well as long-term damage to the inside of the blood vessel, because now it's subjected to a higher pressure than it's normal, than it should be. So you end up as with a low-grade long-term damage to the intima, the inner lining of the blood vessel, which again can cause problems further down the line, cardiac problems, heart problems. So the other thing about this is sexual health. What are the effects of cigarette smoke on sexual health, specifically for men? Right, so the penis is a blood vessel. So if you damage a blood vessel, you'll damage the penis. It's as simple as that. So you're going to harden the arteries that go to the penis. You're going to cause blockages of the arteries in the penis as you would in the rest of the body. The issue is just very simple, that if there's going to be a blockage somewhere in a blood vessel, it's more likely that the smaller blood vessels will block earlier than the, blood, than the larger blood vessels. That stands to reason. And the artery that goes to the penis is a third of the diameter of the arteries that go to the heart. So the minute you've got erectile dysfunction, it is a warning sign of a heart problem that's coming, normally three to five years beforehand. So I'm not saying that smoking is the only reason for erectile dysfunction, but it can cause erectile dysfunction through the cardiovascular processes. How do you treat this? If someone, obviously stopping smoking is the first step, but yeah. are there any treatments available for someone? In order to, to recover the blood vessels. Uh, blood vessel and that, yeah. So first of all, you take away the thing that's causing the problem, right? You reduce the blood pressure in general. And then there are a number of things that can be done to rehabilitate, to some extent, the inside of the blood vessel. And that's normally done with your PD-5 inhibitors. So it's your PD-5 inhibitors, which are the things that we normally use to get an erection for sexual health but not used in that way. So not used as I take a tablet now because I'm having sex in 20 minutes time. And then I take another one a week later. That's not how it should be taken. It should be taken at a very low dose every day in order to continuously have that effect on the inside of the blood vessel. And over six to nine months to a year, you then get rehabilitation of the blood vessel. It heals itself. So, and that's not something that's often done because the low dose medication is not commercially available. So you would need to have it compounded for you, which is what we do at the practice. But we make it in a lower dose so that you can adjust it, so that you can have a long-term exposure to the drug, which will cause the healing. I take it that's those little blue vials that some of the people at the station here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to think if there's any other medical aspects of smoking that are worth talking about. Maybe long-term. Well, the lung damage, of course, the emphysema and all of that. Smoke contains tar particles, and they go and sit inside the lung, and in the long term, they cause the lung to basically collapse. So you'll end up being able to transmit less and less oxygen from the air into the body because the system is falling over. And then you get chronic lung infections, you get chronic bronchitis, you'll end up with COPD, chronic obstructive airway disease, all of the lung problems that happen with it. And in the worst case scenario, you'll end up in a wheelchair with an oxygen bottle next to you and you can't move without that because you then land up having to be totally dependent on extra oxygen to be able to function. My grandma was told by a doctor that she has to stop smoking, otherwise they're going to have potentially amputate her leg. What happened there? Yeah, so that is what we're talking about, the damage to the blood vessels. And you land up with damage to the smaller blood vessels first. And it's always the ones in the periphery, the ones furthest away from the heart that have got the smallest blood vessels. You have them in your hands and the tip of your toes and the fingers. If those blood vessels block, then those tissues don't get any oxygen. And the only thing to do is to amputate it. Otherwise, it goes into gangrene 
gangrene becomes secondary infected with bacteria, and then you die from that infection. So to prevent all of that, we amputate. So basically, smoking just damages everything. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing good that can be said about smoking. And vaping? What's the medical consensus on vaping? Well, vaping is too new. Remember, with smoking, we've got years and years of time. Yeah. Vaping is a newer thing. Technically speaking, there is no tar, and technically speaking, there is no nicotine if you do it properly. Yeah. You know, some of those vapes do contain nicotine, but you can actually choose which one you're going to mm-hmm. have. So if you choose to have one that doesn't contain nicotine, then you're not going to have the effects of the nicotine. The question is, does the rest of the fluids in the vape cause lung problems? And they've been talking about a thing called popcorn lung, which is exactly what cigarettes do. It looks like popcorn, <laughs> just a black popcorn if you do use a normal cigarette. Does it cause lung damage? We don't really know. The point is that what is used in those vaping things is a substance which is considered safe for human use. So we can even put an IV intravenously. We use it in medications. We use it in solutions, syrups, and all of that kind of stuff. And technically speaking, it is safe for human use. Is it safe for human use, inhalation in the lungs over a long period of time? That we have to show because it's been tested in all other ways, except in this one, this is a new way of using it. So that will have to be seen. But technically speaking, I think the risks are much lower. You also don't contain all of the other hundreds of carcinogens that yeah. normal cigarette smoke does have. So in my mind, as an opinion, as opposed to full scientific evidence, it should be a lot less damaging than normal cigarette smoke. Yeah, because I remember in my school, there was this big poster where it's like a cigarette and it's like jet fuel, mothballs, all these substances all the that are yeah, chemicals, chemicals that, that are in there. Yeah. Are, it's a whole host of them, yeah. It's a whole host of them. So technically speaking, you are taking in a lot less chemical compounds by vaping than by normal cigarettes. So probably better for you, but still not great. Still not a great thing to do, no. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. That is Etsy Baraldi chatting to us about cigarettes. If you just switched on, that was Dr. Ezio Baraldi, who was talking to us about the dangers smoking can present to your sexual health. The Steam Room presents The Checkup. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not, I'm not. You are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. Well, you're not like, you know, being nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop laughing. It's not funny. It's so immature. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's just kind of funny. No, it's not. I'm just... You were just talking such a big game, and now it's like, not working. Well, this doesn't happen all the time. It's never happened before. Well, you would say that, wouldn't you? I'm being serious. No, no, I believe you. Well, you and I have had sex before. God, I was so drunk last time. I probably wouldn't even know if you were hard. (laughs) Well, I was. Rock hard. And I fucked you. Hey, calm down. Don't stress out. Well, you're just sitting there laughing as if I'm a big old joke. I never said you were a joke. Well, then stop laughing like my dick is Joan fucking Rivers. (laughs) Okay. Well, fuck it, dude. I'm leaving. What? I said... I'm leaving. Where are my pants? They're in the living room. But don't go. Why do you want to leave? Well, clearly there's no reason for me to be here if you're going to be a dick about it the whole time. I'm just going to go home. No, Dan. I'm sorry. Just stay, okay? We can... I don't know. We can watch a movie or something. Well, we're not friends like that. Well, maybe if we watch a movie, your dick will come back to life. It's not dead. It's just... 
Well, I just can't get it hard, okay? I'm stressed out from work. That's probably what's up. And please don't bring it up again. It's embarrassing enough. Okay, I won't. God, it's a pity, though. It was so good the last time. So, you do remember? Of course I do. I was just fucking with you. Okay, well, well then, yeah. Don't laugh about it. Just, you know what I'm capable of when it comes to the bedroom. Everyone knows. You get around. Not that I'm complaining. It's good to know there's a demand for that supply. Well, hmm. What? I'm being serious. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Well, because, well, we all know there's going to be a dip in demand after this, isn't there? Because you and your crew can't keep a secret. What? You're worried you're going to become the limp dick loony of Limpopo? Well, yeah. And cut myself off forever? Please. I like bottoming more than that. So, you're not going to tell anyone? No, dude. It's fine. Promise. What are we, five? Seriously. Come on. Peter. Whatever. Fine, I promise. Now, could you go please put your sweatpants back on and come back to the room? We can still chill. Hmm. You really want to fuck, don't you? Well, yeah. But I'm also not going to let you go home and have some kind of existential crisis because your gun isn't firing right now. Okay. Well, I guess I could stay. God, don't look so somber. I don't know what it is about you mass types. All your security is rooted in that pistol between your legs. It's really not that big of a deal. Well, you would say that, wouldn't you? Because it's never happened to you. Well, it hasn't. But if it did, I wouldn't fall apart. Easy to say. Well, also, I'm a bottom, so there's that. <laughs> Cheer up. Go get your pants. I'll pull up my Netflix. Okay. Whatever. You want to smoke? Nah, I'm good. I quit that shit. Thought you had to. Nah, I did a while back, but I guess I fell back into it because of the stress. Mm. I see. Oh, okay. So, uh, can I smoke in here? Um, could you do it on the balcony? Uh, sure. I can still hear you from out there. I'll be quick. No worries. I'll pause. I was planning to have one after we fucked, but alas. Ha. I'm glad to see you've cheered up up to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I'm not going to mope around all night. Smart move. Again, I'm sorry, though. Kind of feel like I fucked up your night. Stop apologizing. You couldn't have known. Yeah. It just happened. It hasn't happened in such a long time. Wait. I thought you said this is the first time. So? Um, so it's happened before then? Uh, oh, my word. It's okay. Don't freak out. Well, okay, yeah, well, it's happened before, but it, it it really has been a fucking long time since. When was the last time? Well, almost two years ago, I think. Only once then? Well... More than once? Uh, why are you so interested? I'm just curious. <laughs> okay, dude, I'm not going to talk about this. You're not my boyfriend or my doctor, okay? So let's just chill out. Um, just go back watching your show or something, okay? Nah, actually, seriously, dude, answer me. Why? It's just so hell of a embarrassing to talk about it. Just do. Well, why? Why would I? Because I have a theory. Yeah, about my dick. Yeah, I'm a med student, dude. Yeah. Let me try to help you. You're a student. Yeah, I am. In my sixth year. 
God, if you want, we can pretend this is a consultation. <laughs> well, that's going to be a little difficult. Why? You're an actor, no? Well, yeah, but... <laughs> so act. Huh? Put that thing out and come here. I don't know. If you do, I'll let you eat me out. I know you're into that, right? Well... And you know how tight and pink I am down Okay, there, okay, no so... need to be so graphic about it. What can I say? I'm still hard. But seriously, I have a theory. Hello, my name is Dr. McGuena. I'll be your doctor today. <laughs> Stop coaxing, Dan. Keep your character together. Do you want a fake name? Um, okay, I'll be... I'll be... Tim. Okay, Terry. I am Dr. McGuena. What seems to be the problem today? Well, Dr. McGuena, my dick is broken. I tried to hook up with this guy and it wouldn't, well, you know, wave its agency if you catch me. And when you tried hooking up with this super hot guy, was this the first time it happened? I never said you were super hot. Shut up, Terry. What's <laughs> the question? Well, despite your questionable bedside manner, Doctor, I guess, if I'm being honest, it wasn't. I see, Terry. So, when was the first time this happened to you? It started to happen a few years ago, after I turned 40. And every now and then, it's not super often. And well, can you answer the following question for me? Sure. Number one, do you have diabetes? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Number two, do you have any chronic heart conditions? No, I don't. Number three, are you a smoker? Yes, I smoke. How much do you smoke per day? Well, I'm back to about a pack a day, but I didn't smoke for about two years. I see. And am I right in assuming that in that time, everything in your downstairs area was in full working order? Well, yes, for the most part, things were fine. Uh, wait, no, that's your theory. Dan, don't break character. Just answer me. Well, I guess after I quit, I started getting proper erections again. Well, do you see where I'm going with this? Well, I don't think that's how it works, eh? Well, Terry, you'd be surprised. See, smoking in any amount, but particularly for someone who smokes as much as you do, can weaken the blood vessels. And that can lead to weaker or even a lack of the penis to become erect. Terry, I think your smoking is what's affecting your boners. Really? Yeah, dude. That's what I think, that. No. It makes sense. The timelines match up. When you start smoking again, you start losing strength down there again. Actually, I've kind of heard of this before. I just, I just thought it wouldn't happen to me. From what I know, it's rare, but it's a definite thing that can happen. Well, that's scary, eh? It is what it is, I guess. But I'd say, go get it checked out. I thought I just did. No, I'm a student. Just go make sure. Oh, this is the dilemma. <laughs> I might have to stop again. Might be, yeah. Let's hope you quit for good this time. Well, thank you, Doctor. Now, your time for an exam. May on your stomach. Ha! <laughs> With pleasure. Terry. That was The Checkup, written by Arlen Banton. It featured Hendrik Bed as Dan and Ditsecho Ditsecho as Peter. Direction by Hendrik Bed and final production was done by Ethan Bed. This play was produced as part of the Steam Room, which is brought to you by the National Department of Health's Pila Project. GSA Radio, where you are family. I'm Max, and you're listening to The Steam Room here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. The Steam Room is brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's PILA project. 
And so, seeing as tonight we're talking about smoking, we thought we'd take to the streets to meet some of the many men who do smoke, to find out exactly how they feel about how it affects their sexual health. How long have you been smoking? Uh, about 24, 25 years. Since I was 13, so that is 25 years. I can't really say it, but just a couple of months. When did you start? I tried in and around 2014. 2014, yeah. I started when I was in the army, when I was 22 years old. In 2003, no, I lie, I lie. In 1993, I had my first cigarette. How many cigarettes do you smoke a day? Between a half a pack and a third of a pack a day. Two, yeah, just two. <laughs> okay. It was a packet a day, sometimes more. Socially, more. How much do you spend every month on cigarettes? About 300 rand. No, I didn't spend for my own cigarettes. I've never bought cigarettes in my life with my own money. <laughs> I used to spend about up to 35 rand a day. And I guess it's even more now. But many years ago, it was about uh, 30 rand a packet of cigarettes. And uh, yeah, it would have been like 35 rand per day or even 40 rand. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous to spend that kind of money on something that you smoke and it's a couple of seconds and it's gone. What would it take for you to stop smoking? I don't know if I ever would stop smoking. I've been doing it for so long. Wow. They get sick maybe? Because that's where it always leads to. Like there's no point in smoking knowing that you're going to get sick and you can't reverse the whole thing. Uh, encouragement just to say I can stop and I'm gonna stop and just have to say today's the day or tomorrow's the day just set a date and just stop smoking ha, it's always great to hear straight from the horse's mouth don't you think I mean one thing that really surprises me is just how often I can relate to the answers here I used to be a smoker myself if that's the case for you and you can also relate well I hope you're starting to feel like family if not well keep on listening getting all this Underground info to you is what Gay SA Radio is all about. It's always better to know exactly where you act with your sexual health and how to keep yourself in the clear. To help make that process a whole lot easier, Gay SA Radio is here to lend a helping hand. So, in the studio tonight we have a special guest to answer a few questions about smoking. Welcome to the steam room. I'm chatting to Arno Stadler from the SA Institute of Hypnotism. Good day to you, Arno. <laughs> Good day, Ray. Um, so please let us know what exactly is hypnotherapy? Ray, um, you know what? The best way for me to explain that would maybe just um, be to look at what does hypnotherapy work with? Oh. So first off, um, I just want to mention that we are we are moving away from the word hypnotherapy just because the word therapy mm. seems to, you know, have that bring up that image of sitting in a chair, you know, with a, with a counselor or mm. um, like that. So um, with non-medical hypnosis practice, uh, practices, we do not diagnose or give advice or counsel. So I've been gradually over the years been moving towards calling it uh, um, non-medical hypnosis practices. 
And um, what it does, it works with the, with, the, with the mind, obviously. And we all have these two parts, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And this is a model that was popularized by Dr. Freud. And we'll stick to it as long as it works, but it's a beautiful model. And what this does, if you, if you go into it, the conscious mind, that's the part you're talking to me now with. That's the part that is more um, adult. And, and according to this one psychologist, Miller, it can do five to nine things in any given moment in time. So that, that's what we call conscious capacity. On the other hand, the subconscious mind can do millions of things per, per second. It's a very, very powerful part each and every one of us has. And here's the thing. Sometimes or often when we have problems in life, it's because we have internal conflict. Now, you know, like with on television, like with the cartoons, they sometimes have a little devil on the one shoulder mm. and a little angel on the other shoulder, right? Yeah. So with the smoker, for instance, yeah, with the smoker, for instance, there's one part that says, look, it's bad for your health. You should stop doing that. And, and, and many, many reasons why a person should, shouldn't do that. And, and that could be the little angel, right? And then on the other hand, the person just feels, you know what? I need a cigarette. <laughs> so there's a lot of internal conflict that comes from that. So that is what um, hypnosis practices does. We, we work with the subconscious mind. So our primary aim is to have a conscious, subconscious alignment, if that makes sense to you. Absolutely. Um, mm, mm. So in other words, a person comes to me and they want to stop smoking consciously. The adult part wants to, but obviously something is not right because else they would have already stopped, right? Yeah. And the problem is that there's another part, the subconscious mind, that's holding on to that habit. Maybe, maybe the smoker feels that, you know, for the last 20, 30, 40 years, the cigarettes has always been there, right? Like that. It's their friends, <laughs> you know, and, and, and can't be without or maybe using it as a coping mechanism for stress or maybe, um, you know, to keep their hands busy or, or whatever other reason the inner child or powerful subconscious mind is holding on to it. Um, and, and, and that's the primary aim of hypnosis practices is just to get that conscious subconscious alignment so that all the parts of who you are wants the same thing. And this instance of stop smoking is obviously too be free from the smoking habit. Talking just about uh, smoking as being one of the internal conflicts that we go through, what other issues does non-medical hypnosis help to treat? Um, well, right, everything, everything and anything you can imagine. You know, the list is so long. Um, you can look at the, uh, you know, stress, anxiety, anger, um, you know, the whole range of those conditions and then also maybe motivation to help with procrastination. Mm -hmm. Maybe if there's certain habits you want to cultivate, like going to the gym more often or being nicer to the kids or, you know, maybe uh, not being so angry on the roads or, or maybe even just experiencing more joy in your life and, and, and being just getting more fulfillment or, or even, um, you know, uh, um, maybe changing your outlook a little bit, um, maybe more confidence, high self-esteem. You know, the, the list goes on and on, sports enhancement, just about anything um, anything you can imagine, hypnosis can help you uh, um, make it better. Now, Arno, in the beginning, you shared with me that we are moving uh, from the word uh, hypnotherapy to non-medical hypnosis because of some misconceptions. What are some misconceptions mm -hmm. that are linked to hypnosis? 
Sure, right. That there's so many, and I think it's it's mostly because of television, you know, um, movies, and so often uh, we find that on TV, if they if, if they can't explain something, they call it hypnosis. <laughs> so we have this, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we have this problem that there seems to be a fear around what we call the H word, which is which is hypnosis, obviously, um, just because uh, people fear that they might lose control. And and this is not true. You see, unfortunately, because also the stage hypnotist often contributes to this, where people are doing funny things like running around like chickens and, you know, weird stuff on the stage. And and then people think that they are it looks like those those participants are being controlled and they're doing something against their will. And it's not true at all. With hypnosis, you're always in control and you will never do anything or say anything you don't want to say or do. And you'll remember everything afterwards that's important to you. Yeah. All right. So um, on, I think it's very, very important that you actually mention that. But then who can practice hypnosis? Do you have to be trained or can anyone yes. just wake up and say, no, I want to do Hypno uh, therapy today? No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a, there's some training involved. There's a lot of training involved. Um, yes, you can definitely if you if you want to know more about the training, you know, maybe go to the website, the South African Institute of Hypnotism's website, and look mm-hmm. at the look at the courses. And there's a whole range of courses. And then obviously there's also what we call specializations um, and speciality courses. So at the moment. We're talking about stop smoking, which falls under compulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. And in order for, for a person to be able to facilitate stop smoking from the institute side, um, it, it's it's a minimum training. Um, I'd say close to about if you if you do intensive training, probably go towards a year towards a year of training, nine months to a year, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it's probably in the region of about uh, eight or nine courses. Um, that you need to attend and then pass the requirements, the case studies, and everything that goes along with that with the necessary assessments um, and then being approved um, by an international association. We, we are accredited by associations called the IMDHA, which stands for Inter- International Medical Dental Hypnotherapy Association. So um, it also means that these qualifications then have an international uh, certification. And uh, above and beyond that, also the additional things like uh, Genesis approval. So if you go on the SAI website and you look at our therapists, the, the, the stop smoking, most of those stop smoking qualified uh, uh, facilitators are also Genesis approved. Um, so, yes, it's, it's not just, um, you know, waking up or reading a book mm-hmm. um, and then you can facilitate. It's a bit of, uh, it's, it's, it's actually intensive training. All right. Thank you so much, Ardena, for sharing to, with me uh, exactly what uh, non-medical hypnosis is. And uh, we touched a lot on smoking. And if maybe you can give me a, a glimpse or a short step-by-step in detail, how does hypnosis, how do you use hypnosis to help people to stop smoking? Right. So, um, right. The first step, the very first step for anybody, or, or, or let, let me say somebody phones me and says, you know, I want to stop smoking. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to find out is a person really committed, mm-hmm. right? Because here's the thing. Unfortunately, 
a lot of people have all these pressures, you know, a family, may, maybe friends, maybe society, their work, whatever. And, and, and we know by now society actually in a big way frowns upon, upon smoking, right? These days you, you, you're not allowed to smoke anywhere. And, and often when restaurants have smoking areas, it's, it's like they don't even clean them. It smells terrible. Mm. So it's, it's almost like society is, what's the right word? But, almost, you know, rejecting or um, the, the smoker. And because of that, there's a lot of social and other pressures. And because of that, I'll often have somebody phone me and say, you know, I want to stop smoking. And then when I ask a few questions, you know, are you ready? Are you ready to make this change in your life? Um, I often find that people are not really ready, that they are more being pushed by, you know, family or whoever else to make this change and, and, and they don't really want to stop. More right. Pressures. Yes. Yes. And, and often smoking is actually a rebellious behavior against these pressures. <laughs> so if you, yeah. So if you think about it, these pressures will actually make a person smoke more. Mm. Right. So, um, and I won't work with a person unless they're ready. So we talk about it and then I say, you know what? When you are ready, when you've come to this point, you know, I want to work with somebody when they feel they're almost tired of the smoking habit, you know, um, because let's face it, it's very rarely that people smoke because of the taste. <laughs> it tastes awful. <laughs> if you ask most smokers, they say if it was just the taste, they wouldn't touch the stuff, but there are other reasons, you know. There are underlying reasons why people hold on to the smoking habit. So first off, my very first step is to make sure, are you ready? Are you committed to make this change? Because with hypnosis, we cannot make up your mind for you. We can only take a decision that you've already made and make it stronger. So if you have made this decision and you feel committed and you feel ready, you only need a bit of help to, to transition from, you know, from the habit to be free, then I can definitely help. So that's the first thing. Then once we've done that, we set up an appointment and you come through. And, and this process, um, it's my process, but you will find it's generally the same with um, all the hypnosis facilitators from the Institute uh, or, or very similar. And then um, we set up an appointment. And um, before um, you come through, I normally um, give you some homework. <laughs> And the homework is generally just to really examine the smoking habit. Mm. And that is when you smoke, smoke on purpose, right? So you will find often the smoker, it's an automatic response. They light up without thinking. Sometimes they, they smoke a cigarette or a bunch of cigarettes and they're not even really aware or present with the fact they're smoking. It's just so habitual. It happens automatically. And now if we really focus on it and you hold it in your hand and you, and you notice how you hold it and you taste it on purpose and you feel what it feels like to inhale the smoke and you become very, very aware of the, the, the smoking habit and the process, you will find that often people realize, but they don't like this. <laughs> it's actually not something nice. Um, it's not just an automatic behavior to keep the hands busy or whatever. Or, or often it's an excuse for a break, right? So you're yeah. sitting in the office and now you just want to get out. You maybe just want to, it's an excuse to go outside five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, maybe talk. Often also to socialize, right? Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. I don't know if you've ever, ever been to 
to a funeral and everybody is so serious and it's just and then a lot of people don't even know each other and then the next moment the smoke is outside and they're smoking and they're chatting and they're socializing (laughs) yeah it's a club yeah right it's like they can they can relate Mm. the smoking is a bond Mm. and and this is this is various reasons why people hold on to the smoking habit and then when you come in we normally go through first finding out um, when did it start and why did you start. And I can tell you most people started because of peer pressure. You know, years ago in school or wherever, it, used, it, it was cool or the in thing or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but now, 20 years later or whatever, people f- often find that, you know, it's no longer that. No longer gives them confidence. It's no longer something that they feel makes them feel special in any way. For a lot of people, and that's this kind of smoker I love working with. It's like they feel it stinks. It's, it's their clothes, their breath. It even affects their taste. And 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 what I really enjoy working with somebody when they're at a point where they realize they are not in control. The cigarettes are in control because the cigarettes are taking away their power to choose to be free, right? Because yeah. what happens, ask a smoke on a Friday night or whenever that runs out of cigarettes. They go frantic. They jump in the car and get to the get to the nearest shop where they can get the stuff. Right? It's literally can't be without it. It's, they don't have it. They get uh, anxious. Um, and, and that to me tells you that they are not in control of that aspect of their life. Thank you so much, Arne. That was Arne Stadler from the South African Institute of Hypnotism. Please do continue streaming to the Steam Room to hear more from him. This is, of course, Gay Essay Radio, where you are family. This is the Steam Room on Gay Essay Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's PILAP Project. Up next, we have an interview with someone who knows a lot more about smoking. Welcome to the Steam Room. Today we chat to Wendy Gidlow about smoke enders. Uh, hi, Wendy. Welcome. Hello, Ray. Uh, please tell us a little bit about not only yourself, but then also your company and what you do. Hi, Ray. Well, I um, was a smoker, a very heavy smoker, back in the days when you could smoke everywhere. Mm. And I was smoking two to three packs a day. And um, I wanted to have children, you know, I wanted to have become pregnant and have mm. babies. So I went along to smoke enders um, and it worked. So I really believe in it. Mm. <laughs> and here I am today. Um, I am smoking in South Africa and um, a bit about smoke enders. It was started many, many years ago in Canada. Mm. It's a program that addresses all of the aspects of smoking. So we don't only deal with the nicotine addiction or the behavioral aspects. We deal with the whole of the whole of the smoking. Very complex mm. behavior. Um, the smoking course is a six-week course. During that six weeks, the, the, the smoker actually continues to smoke while they become weaned off of the actual physical addiction. We help their body on a phys- physiological level to recover from all the years of abuse through smoking. We also deal with the habit or the behavioral aspects of smoking, as well as the emotional and psychological attachment to the cigarettes. Mm. 
habits. And what are some of these habits or these attachments to smoking? Well, smokers use um, cigarettes to reward themselves, to motivate themselves. They use cigarettes when they're angry to suppress emotions. Mm. They, they use cigarettes as company. There's a very, very strong emotional attachment so to cigarettes. Could these be one of the reasons why they start to smoke to begin with? No, I think the reason why people start to smoke, there's a few reasons. Mm-hmm. I think firstly, ignorance. Oh. <laughs> very much so. But also peer pressure, um, uh, the feeling of socially fitting in, mm-hmm. wanting to fit in socially. But the main reason why people start smoking is because they're already addicted, because they had smoking parents or smoking grandparents who used to smoke around them. And so even as little infants and young children, people used to smoke in, um, people used to take in secondhand smoke and they have actually become addicted. So by the time they try their first puff, their body absolutely loves it and craves more. Knows it. It's familiar. Yes, yes. It's very, very interesting. And what are some of the very common dangers that are partnered with smoking? Well, smoking affects your body in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Every time you light a cigarette, your central nervous system sends out a lo- an alarm response to the body, which reacts by going into part of flight syndrome. Adrenaline is released, mm-hmm. and this causes stress and affects all of the organs in the body. Your heart rate increases. A smoker's heart beats an average of 10,000 times a day more often than a non-smoker's heart. Blood vessels constrict and a coagulant is released into the blood, causing increased blood pressure and increased chances of clotting or stroke. The oxygen levels in the blood are decreased, affecting brain function and memory, eyesight, complexion, skin elasticity, etc. By the time you're an adult, a mature adult, you're tired just because of can smoking affect a man's sexual health. Well, smoking does, in fact, research has found that smoking does, in fact, affect a man's sexual performance. Mm-hmm. It decreases sexual desire, erectile performance, and sexual satisfaction. This is because two of, because of two of the effects that smoking has. The first one is that nicotine affects hormone levels, mm-hmm. particularly testosterone. Also, smoking leads to narrowing of the arteries, which means that it can restrict blood flow to the penis. Um. So you'd say it's more dangerous for men? Yeah, it's not going to help your sexual performance, let's put it that way. (laughs) All right, then. Why is it sometimes so hard for people to quit then? Because some people do feel the difference in their lives and they're like, you know what, I don't want to do this. But then it's really hard for them to make that decision or to try and quit. Why is that? Well, the reason why it's so very difficult to quit is that nicotine is highly addictive. Mm. It's actually the the third most addictive substance known to man, only after crack and smack. So it's extremely addictive. Mm. People don't realize how very addictive it is. And then, of course, as well as the addiction, there's the physiological, the psychological, the emotional, Mm. and the behavioral aspects of smoking, which are also really significant. And what are some of the first steps a person needs to take to when they decide they want to quit smoking? A smoker needs to, to make is to be honest with themselves about smoking and admit that they want to stop. Mm. Now, this is much easier said than done because it takes a huge amount of courage to face the truth about your addiction 
and even more courage to admit that you want to stop. Because smokers don't feel in control of this addiction and therefore they fear, they fear failure. Would you think that an intervention from the people that love you makes a difference or does it push them even closer to rebellion and then they light up a cigarette in me? Because some people are very loved by their families and friends and they want to see that change in their life. But then some are not that open to the idea and they know there's something wrong, but they're very in denial also. Yeah, I think both of those are true. Mm. I think if, if an intervention is done in the correct way, in a non-threatening way, mm. it could help. But it, it, if it's not done correctly, it could actually make people more rebellious and more defensive. So a lot of the time, people don't admit that they want to stop smoking because they don't know how. Mm. They don't know that they can stop smoking. And it's a really difficult thing to do by yourself. And that's where we come in. We help people to stop smoking. We give them a way that makes it not only easy, but actually possible for them. Oh, wow. And what are some of the steps that you guys take in your courses? What are some of the things that you guys do to help people stop? Firstly, the addiction. We help the body to start to detox. We activate it to detox and start to get healthier and start to heal. Mm. While at the same time, weaning the smoker off of the actual addiction. Mm. Yeah. And would you say that all nicotine is bad for you? All nicotine is really bad for you. Nicotine is <laughs> If it's got tobacco mm. in it, it's got nicotine in it. And nicotine is not only addictive, it's really poisonous. Mm. If you put one drop of pure nicotine oil on your tongue, you would die within minutes. It is really lethal. What's your opinion about people that smoke socially and think that it's not really ma- it does not really make a difference? that only when their friends are around or they're at parties drinking and then they feel that urge yeah. to smoke. And that's, they say that's the only time they smoke. Yes. Well, to those people, perhaps they're lucky and they'll never become addicted. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's really risky to smoke socially because a lot of people that come to me that are very addictive smokers started socially and it just becomes an addiction. It is addictive. It's and a trend. Yeah, it can catch you. It can get the better of you. So I would say be careful to those people that are smoking socially. How important do you think that we need to stress the dangers of smoking so that people can be aware and know all the information? You know, I don't believe that scaring people stops them from smoking. Hmm. In fact, when people get scared, they actually want to smoke more (laughs) to quell their fear. How does that work? So I think perhaps education on a school level, Mm. um, but proper education as opposed to fear, you know, explaining the facts Mm. really rather than scaring people. I think that would work. And uh, for people that drink and smoke and want to quit smoking, would you advise them to also quit the drinking while they're at it? Well, alcohol (laughs) is a really big trigger in smoking. Mm. And so there's an emotional emotional trigger. People like to have a drink with their smoke, but there's also a chemical trigger between the two. So it's very important to separate uh, the trigger of alcohol Mm. from cigarettes. And on the course, we do that over a four-week period where you are allowed to smoke and you're allowed to drink, but not at the same time. 
so that those, those two triggers are separated. So that by the time you start smoking, you know how to drink without smoking. You've been doing it for four weeks. So they get to have a drink while in the process. GSA <laughs> <laughs> Radio, uh, where you are, Fabi, this is Red. Today we were chatting to Wendy Gidlow from Smoke Enders. This is The Steam Room with Mac. And you're listening to Gay SA Radio, where you are family, as we talk about smoking and the effect it has on sexual health. And now we come to my favorite part of the show, the part when I get to invite even more voices in on the matter, and we spill the beans on the hot topic for the evening. Well, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Tonight, we're talking smoking. Thanks for joining me. So let's get straight to it. Also, has smoking negatively impacted your sex life? No. And we'll just ask you here, and then we'll take it to the floor. Is that by me? Yes. Uh, okay. Even if you're not a smoker, have you had an Someone encounter with a smoker and the sex was, oh, the, the sexual encounter yes. was bad because of their smoking? Yeah, actually, I did. No, and it makes everything to go blah. You know, I didn't enjoy anything about them because of I hate small people. I just hate them. Wow. Yeah. I just hate them. You know, and I once kissed a smoker one day and then it felt so terrible. So you didn't like the taste. Yeah. Sure. Very terrible, you know. So I for me, I it's a no no business. Okay, for me, I don't smoke, but I don't hate guys who smoke. I feel that taste in their mouth. I feel that smell in their mouth. And I enjoy it, especially for the guys who smoke weed. 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 Wow. Very particular. And you, Tina? Um, actually, I'm a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I love smoke. Like I love smoking a lot. I also smoke weed, also. And Leslie, we love you a lot, honey. Um, yes. So um, I enjoy smoking a lot. And has never impacted your relation life, whether romantic relation life. No. In any way, you've never had to kiss someone or be with someone and they're like, no, you smell or no. Okay. I've not done that because always when I have to go to kiss someone, I always have sweets in my bag. Mm. Oh, so you do acknowledge that it's, it's not it doesn't okay. taste nice. it doesn't for some people so you have to understand that um, as we people we different some people they love smoking people some they don't so I always have to carry some sweets on my back yeah anybody in the crowd who's had a bad experience with a smoker oh um, I'm saying I, I was once uh, with somebody who was smoking rock and then the the sex life with him wasn't wasn't uh, you know as as pleasurable as it was supposed to be. It was like I, I was alone in bed and he wasn't there at all because he he couldn't respond uh, positively to 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 the, to the head the, the whole activity and it just turned off the mood. Okay, yes, okay. I've got a problem about my ex now. Before he can be holy, he have to smoke first. We can romance, you can do everything, but when he don't smoke, oh, I can't smoke, I can't smoke, he can't be holy. So Did you try other things? I yes, know. I can blue chop him, I can do whatever, suck him, or do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he can't get this hatch. He can't. 
So I have to dump him because it's use, it's useless. Why do not have cotton or wheat? We can't do anything. Yeah, learn, learn one last one. I mean, it impacted bad because I smoke, no? and my partner doesn't smoke. So he always said this comments like he's kissing an ashtray. So it came to a point of it's either we don't kiss anymore or you start to smoke. And he's smoking not out of his will, just because to balance the things and he hates it. But So he started smoking for you? Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the general dangers surrounding smoking that, you are aware that you're aware of? Cancer. TB. So do you think there's are important things that we need to highlight and look into and consider, especially for our lives? Yes. yes. And also sinus. Sinus. Yes. Yeah. Very important sinuses. Can I ask the smoker, if you were to decide to stop smoking, how would you stop smoking? Oh my gosh, I don't imagine myself stopping smoking anyways. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I think I, I could just have, I would have to drink everything hmm. just to avoid smoking. So you don't have to replace one drug with yes, another. Yes. Because I think something like every day, even in, in the morning when I wake up, first thing in the morning before even I even wash my face, when I go to the toilet, first thing in the morning I have to go with a cigarette. For our lives as LGBTI, it brings a lot of risk in unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. Because it depends what you smoke though. So because other people tend to smoke strong things which they drift away your mental state and it, 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 we, we, you just do things not being aware. So I think we should look at the part of the, the sexual exposure. Most of us are going to be exposed to a lot of sexual things. And do you guys think it's easy or is it hard to stop smoking? Like you just said, you have to replace it with another drug. How do you think that process is? I think for me, depending on, it's a matter of <coughs> discipline. It comes back to your mentality. That you, you want to stop this or what? So for me, I for one, I think it's easy due of your discipline. Discipline, not because you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For me, I don't smoke, but I don't think it's easy because I've seen people who are smoking strong drugs that they keep on smoking, even though they came from their rehab. So it's not easy for me. But if you tell yourself that you don't want to smoke anymore, you can stop. How do you think that process goes like? Like, what's the first thing? Is it a self-decision or must something really, really bad happen to you before? I think um, when it comes uh, to, like, if you want to stop smoking, yes, I'm a smoker, but uh, it's very easy to stop smoking. Yes, it's, it depends on how, uh, like, you willingly to do that thing. Because if you can tell me you willingly to, uh, you will, uh, like, you want to do, like, a show, and then that show, in order for it to be like successful, you have to put your effort. You have to be there for yourself, you know. So, so as well as um, the smoking part, if you say I wanna stop smoking, and you're serious about that, that not like you're being pushed by someone at the back telling you you have to stop smoking, you have to stop smoking, which means you're not willingly to stop smoking. But if you willingly like you wanna do this thing, you can do it. Thing that must firstly begin from within yourself, because. Uh, if it comes from another person, you will you will never quit smoking, and then there are you you sometimes fear when 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 you are supposed to quit smoking, you sometimes fear of losing the the benefits of smoking. There are benefits of smoking, like in my case, I had to 
choose between uh, smoking Mendrex and then leaving Mendrex, of which Mendrex had many benefits for me in terms of my uh, sexual behavior you know I, I i i performed very well and then i i was the yeah. you know the hot star you know porn star you know <laughs> but immediately when i had to 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 leave a mendrix i i lost some of my benefits i wasn't the same so i lost you know those guys those people who used to to come for sexual pleasure to, 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 to so that's it oh, just a question of discipline i smoke but i only smoke from friday saturday sunday my colleagues can vouch for me but the problem is when i smoke on those three days like now i've got two twenties i finished the first one in the morning so a day i smoke three just to so you make up for the long time <laughs> That's the problem. I can smoke Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and on Monday, I don't smoke at all. He knows. I don't smoke during the week. I smoke on weekends when I'm drinking or having fun. But when I start smoking, I light a cigarette with a cigarette. Like, and it does not affect your sexual life anyway? No, it doesn't. Actually, it brings back my spark, like Ruzo is saying. And anyway, more when I'm drinking. So it makes like the highness to become a bit faster than yeah. I'm not smoking. <laughs> Last one. Okay, I mean, I think... If you want to quit smoking, you can, because everything starts here. This is your head off. Well, thanks to the team tonight. As usual, you guys came through for me. It's been steamy as always. You're listening to Gay SA Radio, where you are family. This is the Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Tonight, we're talking about smoking and all the dangers thereof. And as promised, in the studio with us, we have yet another expert on the matter. So join me in welcoming our guest. And thanks for getting sweaty with us tonight. Gay SA Radio, where you are family. I'm Ray, and I continue to chat with Arnu Stadler from the South African Institute of Hypnotism. How many smokers, maybe in statistics, that have you worked with or generally know of that have been helped by this process, that have been helped by hypnosis in general? Right, it's, uh, um, it's a very high percent. Let me tell you, the, the, for instance, the BMA, that's a British medical association, now recognizes hypnosis mm. as the best way to stop smoking. Wow. Right. There's yeah. There's nothing nothing uh, recognized by them as efficient, and the success rate, according to the internet, you can Google that. That is ninety two percent, which means nine out of ten people that go for hypnosis uh, uh, stops smoking permanently, and um, the success, you know, from from the institute sign. It's thousands. It's thousands of people over the over the last over the years, <laughs> the last twenty years that the uh, the institute has been. It'll it'll um, it'll be many thousands for myself. It's, it's it would be hundreds um, of smokers over the years that I've assisted. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, like everything else in life, there's no guarantee. It's not hundred percent. You know, it's always, you know, you always have that someone that that maybe something happens because also you must remember that the smoker often uses the smoking or the cigarettes to, to, to cope with stress, mm. right? So when, when they stop smoking and something happens like a, a bit of, 
yes, then they might revert back. Mm. And that's why we always have a little disclaimer. We say if anything happens and you feel the urge come up so strongly, immediately contact me and come back so that we can assist. And I can tell you that people that has done that, they they get a permanent, you know, they're fine. Mm. But those ones, and even if it's six months later, even if it's a year or two years later, right? If you feel that pressure, you know, if something happens, um, it is very, very important to, to, to take to, action. I actually wanted to ask you about that. In terms of timeline, how long does it normally take for maybe someone, because you did say that it's pressures, and how long normally before someone could relapse? Because it's, it's a reality, it happens. Well, it's very interesting that um, the, the science shows us that it takes 21 ha- days to make a habit or break a habit, mm. right? So if you, and, and I can tell you that's the first three days, if I had to venture a guess, I'd say, um, you know, and, and we'd also need to talk about the neural networks here. So if you talk about, you know, the, the way the brain cells connect in your brain, you have a, a smoking neural network if you're a smoker, which means each time you lit up, that neural network is strengthened, it activates and it wires and it connects, which means um, it's like going to the gym and really, um, you know, building up certain muscles. So that neural network around the smoking habit, especially if you smoke for a long time, that becomes a very, like a very strong muscle or a very strong neural network. So now when we do a, a hypnosis, and that's where the power of hypnosis comes in because we can assist with start breaking down those old um, networks that doesn't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen is um, the first three days is actually the most um, the, 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 where most of the change happens. So I'd say the first three days, if I had to guess, I'd say about 70% of that network breaks down already in three days, right? And the other 30% happens over the rest of those 21 days. So, um, and that's where the power of the, the hypnosis really helps because it helps you get through those first few days quite normally, quite easily, which means before you know it, most of the habit is already, uh, already much less, <laughs> or the neural network that represents the habit. So um, in terms of if somebody has stopped 21 days, then they're pretty much, um, you know, they're victorious, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, um, you know, sometimes you have a trigger and it can be, it can be years later, you know, like somebody, somebody dies in family or whatever. And then the pressure for some people just gets so much and then it's important to, um, even although in this session we give you coping skills and we give you additional coping mechanisms to be able to replace the smoking habit, um, for, for some people when something like that happens, the pressure gets too much. And I get them from time to time. They contact me and say, you know what, I need to, I need to come over. We need to make a plan. Um, and then we assist. And, and because we already then, we've already done hypnosis, it means a person's mind is already open or, or, or to the hypnotic process, which means it's quite easy to actually just do what can we call it like a top up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then people are able to continue being free from the, from the old smoking habit quite easily. Absolutely. And now you, I feel like you can confidently say that even heavily addicted smokers can find and seek help from uh, non-medical hypnosis. Yes, yes, and well, here's the interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. The the um, the mind or, or hypnosis uh, working with the mind works on triggers, 
right? Yeah. So when we use hypnosis, we actually go through uh, uh, steps, associations that the mind has to be able to access the subconscious mind. So hypnosis is then very trigger-based. And here's the thing, smoking is trigger-based. So if you speak to a smoker, they say, you know what, I like to light up after a cup of coffee or after I've had something to eat or when I drive or when I'm on the phone mm. or um, you know when I have a drink or when I meet with my friends. And these are what we call triggers. And that's part of a session is to break the connection or the association that the trigger will cause you to smoke, right? Mm. And because... Smoking is trigger-based and hypnosis is trigger-based. Mm. It means the smoker is generally a very good hypnotic subject, right? Mm. Most smokers can go into hypnosis very easily and very quickly. And here's the thing. The heavier smokers tend to become even easier to stop <laughs> just because, yeah, just because their mind has been so conditioned by the, the smoking habit, the triggers. <laughs> really incredible. Um, you know what, I, I don't know, you've shared so, so much with me today and it's been so eye-opening. I would just like to know for listeners out there and people that desperately yeah. need your help, who'd like to get in touch with you or even just want yeah. to learn more about uh, non-medical yeah. hypnosis or the SA Institute of Hypnotism, mm. how can they go about reaching you? Yes, my recommendation is just go on the net, you know, um, the website, the Institute's website is www hypnotherapy.co.za and then when you open it you'll see there at the top it's got the banner um, and on the left top there's a picture of me and then just underneath that okay obviously there's my contact details and just underneath that there's a little section that says find a therapist mm. and if you click there you know there's all the provinces and and you can then just go and look for somebody that's close to you you know um, that is uh, assigned accredited um, yeah, and then you can just uh, contact them and uh, for questions or set up an appointment. Again, thank you so much, Arne, for chatting with me today. Oh, it's a huge pleasure. It's nice chatting to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to do this again. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gay SA Radio, where you are family. This is Ray. And today I'm chatting to Arne Stadler from the SA Institute of Hypnotism. Now, after a show like this one, a very important one I might add, you might be left wondering where to finally get the help you need when you're ready to quit smoking. And if that's the case, our next segment is here to help you to do just that and get on the right track. And of course, remember to go to our website, gaysaradio.co.za, where you'll also find all the information. You can be in touch with Arnu Stadler from the South African Institute of Hypnotism at 011-814-2910. Or you can drop him an email at jhb at hypnotherapy.co.za. Alternatively, you can visit their website at hypnotherapy.co.za. Or you can be in touch with Wendy Gidler from Smoke Enders at 072-896-5166. Or you can send her an email at wendy at smokeenders.co.za. You can also visit their website at smokeenders.co.za. Finally, you can be in touch with Dr. Etio Beraldi at 012 
342-5704 or you can drop him an email at doc at edmc.qu.co.za or you can visit his website at mentomen.co.za. This is The Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's PILA project. I'm Max, and that's my story, and I'm still sticking to it, and we're nearly at the end of our show. And that's all from me here on the Steam Room on Gay SA Radio for this time. Thanks once again for listening in and getting up and close and personal with me here in the Steam. You're with me, Max. No idea what your name is, but, well, you can call me Max. Remember that for next time. So, I hope you've enjoyed this evening of uh, open and honest talk. Next time, we'll, as usual, be bringing you uh, interviews, info, and some dramatic content as we get under the covers, or, in this case, deep into the vein, as we talk about blood donation and how it affects men who have sex with other men. Thank you very much for streaming. I'm Max. Well, yeah, Max. <laughs> and this has been the Steve Room on Gay SA Radio, where you are family.